What is up, everybody? It's JT Sports here with episode 23 of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about college football, going to be previewing some matchups, giving you guys my reactions to what happened last week in college football, Georgia beat down Auburn, UCF losing to Tulsa. So make sure that if you guys haven't already, that you guys go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, JT Sports on YouTube. Also make sure to follow me on all of my social media pages. My Twitter and my Instagram is both JT Sports underscore. And I have a really great episode for you guys in store. UCF lost to Tulsa this past Saturday, 34 to 26. And this really made me sad. Because I'm not a UCF football fan, but I love rooting and supporting UCF. I love supporting underdogs. And I wanted to see UCF make it to the college football playoffs this season and show what they can do against some of the powerhouses in college football. Well, I'm not going to get an opportunity to see that because with UCF's loss to Tulsa, their playoff chances are absolutely done. And not only did they lose to Tulsa, but they lost a great opportunity of making it to the college football playoffs. I mean, if there wasn't a better season for UCF or a group of five team to make it into the college football playoffs this season, this would have been a year. And I mean, when you look at UCF, UCF, if they would have went undefeated, they would have had a pretty good argument of why they deserve to be in the college football playoffs this season. Because like the AAC, although a lot of people don't like to consider the American Athletic Conference a power conference or something like that, I still think, in my opinion, that they are the third best conference in college football as of right now. I think they're better than the Pac-12, and I think they're better than the Big 12. That's just my opinion. A lot of people may disagree with that, but that's not really the point. The point is that when you look at the strength of the AAC, if... UCF was able to beat Memphis, Cincinnati, and all of those teams would have stayed ranked. And then remember, in the AAC, teams are able to play each other twice. It just goes by record. So, I mean, if UCF would have played one of those ranked AAC teams twice, once in the regular season, again, in the AAC Conference Championship game and won, they would have had three ranked wins versus top 25 teams. So, I mean, with this loss to Tulsa, their hopes of making it to the playoffs go down the drain because they're not even ranked no more. Like the new AP Top 25 poll just came out. UCF just completely dropped out. They went from 11th to unranked. And I mean, I'm really disappointed in UCF, man, because like they really should have beaten Tulsa. Now, Tulsa is a pretty solid team, okay? Don't get me wrong. Tulsa gave Oklahoma State a scare a couple of weeks ago, week one, I believe it was, and they defeated UCF. And a big reason why they won that game versus UCF was because UCF let them hang around. I mean, UCF at one point of during that game had an 18-point lead, and, I mean, they just gave it away. And, I mean, they gave it away because of all the penalties they had. UCF had 18 penalties in this game for 124 yards. Don't even get me started on all of the false start penalties they had. But, I mean, a good way for a team to lose to a team that they should beat is by turning the football over and having a lot of penalties. And on social media, I went to UCF's uh, football page on Instagram, and I saw a lot of angry UCF fans. A lot of UCF fans were saying that Josh Heupel, they want him fired and things like that. I don't think Josh Heupel should be fired. I think Josh Heupel has done a pretty good job so far at UCF. But, I mean, this is a valuable lesson to UCF. I think UCF needed this so they can be humble. Because you have players on UCF saying that they were the best team in Florida. And listen, 
I'm pretty sure they were dead serious about that, okay? When I say UCF is the best team in Florida, I do it jokingly. I do it to mess around with Florida fans and my fellow Miami Hurricane fans because I just like to troll people on social media. But, I mean, UCF players were, you know, walking around saying that they were better than Florida, they were the best team in Florida, and, I mean, they weren't really able to back it up losing to Tulsa. So, I mean, I think UCF really needed this loss. This is kind of like a slice of humble pie. I think that's how the saying goes. And I think UCF from this point out should be able to handle business. And, I mean, even though they most likely probably won't make it to the college football playoffs, they still have a very good chance of competing in a New Year's Six Bowl game if they end up winning out and end up winning the American Athletic Conference. But, I mean... UCF, man, I'm really disappointed that they lost this game to Tulsa. I really wanted to see UCF make it to the college football playoffs. Even if they didn't get in, like, I really wanted to see what the discussion would be if they really would include a group of five school into the conversation. Because, I mean, when you look at the American Athletic Conference, this is a really good conference. So, I mean, UCF, man, they really broke my heart this weekend. Losing to Tulsa, a lot of my friends, my guy NMD TV, my friend Marlon, everybody was getting on me because everybody knows I love me some UCF, man. I'm not a UCF fan. They're probably my second favorite college football team, but I love supporting and I love rooting for UCF, man. But I mean, this loss to Tulsa was not only a big loss to them in terms of this season, but also a big loss in terms of their college football playoff hopes because they may not ever get another chance to make it to the college football playoffs again. Because this was the best opportunity UCF had of making it to the college football playoffs this season. If there wasn't a better season for a power five school or group of five school, excuse me, to make it into the college football playoffs, this would have been a year. I mean, you had the Big 12 having teams like Texas and Oklahoma going down. You had all of these upsets. You have all of these potential upsets that are going to happen this season. This would have been a perfect season for UCF to make a claim and to get into the college football playoffs. So, I mean, they really missed a golden opportunity this season. And now their playoff chances are done with this loss to Tulsa. Really sad and really disappointed that UCF lost to Tulsa. Another game that I want to talk about, I want to talk about Georgia defeating Auburn 27-6. Now, I was wrong about this game. I thought that Auburn would have won 20-13. And the reason why I thought Auburn would have been able to pull out the victory was because I didn't think that Stetson Bennett would be able to do enough to get Georgia enough points on offense to win this game. Well, I was wrong. Stetson Bennett played fairly well. He was 17-28 passing for 240 passing yards and one touchdown. And listen, Stetson Bennett didn't like the word on fire. He did what Georgia is expecting him to do. Manage the game, take care of the football, make plays when need be. That's what he did against Auburn. And I mean, what Auburn showed me is why I still don't and why I would never, ever trust Bo Nix. And you guys want to know something funny. So I was checking my Instagram DMs this morning. And last year, around this time, in October of 2019, somebody asked me, JT, do you still not trust Bo Nix? Now, this was last year, in October of 2019. And I finally responded to that question this morning, a year later, saying, yes, I still do not trust Bo Nix. And it's funny because last year, if you guys have been subscribed to the channel, you guys will know that I've been heavily critical of Bo Nix. I simply don't trust him. He's just too inconsistent and I don't think he's all that great, like people try to make him out to be. And it's crazy because a year later, I still have that same opinion about Bo Nix. Still don't trust him, and still will never ever trust him, because he's just too inconsistent for me. And he didn't play well in this game against Auburn. 
And I mean, if you was to ask an average college football fan who looked like the five-star quarterback, Stetson Bennett or Bo Nix, they probably would have told you Stetson Bennett. Okay? And I mean, Stetson Bennett just outperformed Bo Nix. And I mean, at the end of the day, I can't blame it all on Bo Nix. The offensive line also looked like they were at home watching the game like I was because it didn't look like they were doing anything on the field to make a significant impact because they were getting bullied by Georgia. Georgia played bully ball with Auburn for 60 minutes, okay? And I'm be honest with you. I changed to a different game once it was 24-3 at halftime. Like, I didn't need to see any more of this game to realize that Georgia was just a better team than Auburn, okay? Like, Georgia just pushed around Auburn for the first 30 minutes of the first half, and I didn't need to see any more. And quite frankly, I didn't want to see any more of Bo Nix, and I didn't want to see any more of Auburn's offense. I just didn't. So I changed the channel, and I watched. I was watching Arkansas and Mississippi State, and I was watching Oklahoma and Iowa State. So, I mean, I didn't even turn back to this game in the second half. I didn't need to see any more of that game to realize that Georgia just had Auburn beat. Not only did they have them beat mentally, but they had them beat physically on the field because, I mean, they dragged. And when I say drag, I don't say this, you know, metaphorically or to make any analogy, but literally they dragged and pushed and pulled Auburn around the football field. Like, they were throwing them like they were some rag dolls or something like that. Like, Auburn couldn't do anything on offense. They only scored six points. Auburn couldn't even do anything on defense because they couldn't even stop the run. It was like several guys for Georgia that put on really good performances on the ground running the football. So, I mean, Auburn, man, like, I would never, ever trust Bo Nix. I would never, ever put my belief in Bo Nix. And, I mean, I just don't trust Bo Nix, man. Like, it's crazy and it's sad to say this, but Bo Nix, to me, still looks like the same quarterback that he was last year. Inconsistent. He had a great game against Kentucky. He comes out and he poops the bid against um Georgia. And, I mean, that's the same exact performance that I was seeing out of Bo Nix last year. Last year, he'll have some great games. Then he'll turn around and poop the bid next week. Like, just so much inconsistency with Auburn. And I thought Auburn has, like, doesn't Auburn have, like, a new offensive coordinator and, like, they're trying to implement a new offense? Like, I don't know what the hell I was watching last night. I mean, it was, it was just an absolute crapshoot from Auburn's offense. So, I mean, Georgia... You proved me wrong. Hats off to Georgia fans. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I picked Auburn to win. I'll never make that mistake again of putting my confidence and putting my faith in Bo Nix. And even then, I chose Auburn to win that game, not because of Bo Nix, but because I wasn't expecting Georgia's offense to perform the way they did um, Saturday. Now, give it, you do have to give hats off to Georgia's defense. Georgia does have the best defense in college football. That's not a debate. But, I mean, Auburn could have did a little bit more on offense than the performance that they showed. Like, Bo Nix missed some throws. The offensive line was bad. The running game couldn't get going. Like, they got outgained in the running game, 202 rushing yards to 39. Like, I believe Auburn was only averaging, like, less than two yards per carry. So, I mean, Auburn just got dominated, man. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, they got mauled. They got bullied. It's like Auburn basically... Got their lunch money took by Georgia. And Georgia was saying, hey, come get it back. And every time you thought Auburn was going to get it, Georgia would just say, nope. It's look, it looks like Auburn just got their face cramped in the bathroom stall in the toilet. Like, that's what the game looked like. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. 
Georgia just bullied and they just dominated Auburn for 60 minutes. And I didn't even watch the second half of that game. I didn't need to watch any more to realize that Auburn just didn't deserve to be on the same field as Georgia Saturday night. So that's my thoughts and my reaction to the Auburn dropping, getting their behinds kicked by Georgia. And I will never put my trust in Bo Nix ever again. And even then, I still didn't trust Bo Nix. So, I mean, nothing about anything has really changed my opinion of Bo Nix. I didn't trust him going into that game, and I still don't trust him. And it's sad because I just told you guys earlier, I said the same thing about Bo Nix last year. Don't trust him and don't believe in him. I felt it was other, I felt it was better true freshman quarterbacks last season than Bo Nix. So, I mean, that's my thoughts on the game there. Um, congratulations to Georgia for a well-deserved victory against Auburn 27-6. to so let's segue to this. The Miami Hurricanes are going to be taking on Clemson. This is going to be the biggest game of college football this upcoming weekend. And as of October 4th, Sunday night, 10.43 p.m. Eastern Time, Clemson is entering this game as a 15-point favorite. And a lot of Clemson fans have been going on social media saying that the Miami Hurricanes don't have a chance at winning this game. That Clemson is just going to completely obliterate Miami this weekend. And my guy, NMD TV, Kane said the best. If you're a Miami Hurricane fan, make sure that you guys go ahead and check out my guy, NMD TV, Kane's. I'll link his channel down in the description, in the comment section down below. But he said the best. A lot of Clemson fans are saying that Clemson's going to win this game against Miami because it's Clemson. Okay, so just because they're Clemson, they're automatically going to win this game against Miami. Miami doesn't stand a chance. I guess based on that logic, LSU should have beaten Mississippi State because it's LSU, right? So that logic doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I mean, if you're a Clemson fan, give me three reasons down in the comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube of why Clemson will beat Miami. And I mean, when you look at this game and you look at the rosters, I mean, I don't think Clemson is all that better than Miami. I mean, is Clemson a better team Miami? I think they are. But I mean, aside from a couple of positions, like obviously they have the advantage at quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. You got Travis Etienne and you got Amari Rodgers at wide receiver. So I mean, you have Miami beat at quarterback. You have Miami beat at halfback. And I mean, you may have the advantage at wide receiver. I don't really know. But I mean, aside from that, which other positions... Is Clemson really completely better than Miami? I don't think Clemson is all that better than Miami heading into this game. And I think Miami has a better chance to win this game than what a lot of people think. A lot of Clemson fans keep saying that Miami hasn't played nobody. Miami's overrated like always. Miami played UAB, FSU, and Louisville. They haven't played nobody. Well, I mean, who the hell has Clemson played? You can That same argument that you Clemson fans are using against Miami, saying that Miami hasn't played anybody, you can use that as the exact same argument against Clemson. Who has Clemson played? You guys play Citadel and the University of Virginia. Like, who is Citadel? Like, is Citadel even a Division I college football program? I don't even know. I've, I've never even heard of a Citadel. Like, what is a Citadel? I don't even know that. But I'm pretty sure if Miami played the exact same teams that Clemson played this season, they would still be 3-0. If Miami had Clemson scheduled for the first couple of games this week, this year, Miami would still be 3-0. So, I mean, a lot of you Clemson fans are calling Miami overrated. They haven't beaten nobody. You haven't beaten nobody neither. So, I mean, I don't really understand the logic heading into this game. 
Now, does Clemson have some advantages? Yes, you're better at Miami at quarterback and halfback and maybe wide receiver. I don't really know. Aside from Amari Rodgers, I don't really know who else Clemson has playing wide receiver. But you have talent, okay? You are better than Miami at two positions. Other than that, I don't really think that Clemson is all that better than Miami at any other position. So, I mean, Miami has a really good chance of winning this game. And, I mean, when you look at Clemson, you didn't play all that well against Virginia. I mean, you beat Virginia 41-23. The score was a lot closer, or the game was a lot closer, excuse me, than what the final score indicates. Like, the final score says 41-23 Clemson, but the game was way closer than that, okay? Like, Virginia was hanging around with Clemson. If it wasn't for the couple of turnovers that that quarterback for Virginia chucked up, the game could have been really different. So, I mean, Miami has a really good chance to win in this game than what a lot of people are giving them credit for. This is a really good Miami team. Like, this is probably one of the best Miami teams that Miami has put on the field in a very long time. And I'm not saying that because I'm a delusional Hurricane fan or anything like that. I'm just being honest. De'Ari King is a legitimate quarterback. Like, you're not facing a... uh, Malik Roser or something like that. Like, you're facing a legitimate quarterback. You're facing the Eric King, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in college football. So the question is going to be, can Clemson's linebackers, how are they going to perform in this game? Because Clemson's linebackers are going to have to play really good if they want to, you know, blow out Miami, quote, quote. Because Miami is one of the best rushing teams in college football, especially with Cameron Harris. Not only that, but Clemson's linebackers, not only do they have to worry about stopping Cameron Harris in his run game in Miami, but you also have to be able to stop tight end Brevin Jordan, who is the second best tight end in college football behind Kyle Pitts. Also, not only do you have to worry about the run game in Brevin Jordan, but you also have to worry about the zone read with the Eric King. You have to be able to account for him as well. So, I mean, for Clemson's defense... They're going to have some things that they're going to have to game plan for. It's a lot of things that you have to worry about when you face this Miami offense. You got to worry about the zone read with the Eric King. You got to worry about Cameron Harris. You got to worry about Brevin Jordan. So, I mean, Miami has a lot of weapons on offense in their own right. A lot of people talked about what Clemson has on offense. Give We know about Travis Etienne. We know about Trevor Lawrence. We know about Amari Rodgers. But let's not act like Miami doesn't have guys that can, you know, play as well, okay? And then on defense, okay, Miami has Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips. Both of those guys are going to have to have a really big game if Miami wants to be able to pull off the upset against Clemson because we already know the biggest key to beating Clemson is getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. If you get pressure on Trevor Lawrence and you get in his face and you make him feel you, he is a completely different quarterback. He is not the same quarterback he is under pressure when he's not throwing from a clean pocket. If you get in his face, he will struggle. Okay, and a lot of people don't want to point that out, but I saw it last year against Ohio State, and I saw it the year prior against Notre Dame. And that first half game that Clemson played against Notre Dame, well, not in the first half, the first quarter, excuse me, a couple years ago when they were facing Notre Dame, before Notre Dame ended up getting throttled by Clemson, the first quarter of that game, Notre Dame was hanging around, and the reason why is because they were able to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. We saw that same thing came to light last year in the college football playoffs when they faced Ohio State and when they were facing LSU. If you get pressure on Trevor Lawrence, he is not the same quarterback that everybody makes him out to be, okay? Like, under pressure, Trevor Lawrence really struggles. And if Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips are able to get a legitimate amount of pressure on Trevor Lawrence in this game, it could be a very long afternoon or a very long night for Trevor Lawrence. So then, if you're a Miami fan, you got to be worried about your linebackers. I talked about Clemson's linebackers having to play well, but you also got to talk about Miami's linebacking core because 
I don't think Miami's linebackers have played all that great. And to be honest, I think pretty much the weakest part of this defense for Miami, their secondary has played really good, their defensive line has played really good, but their linebackers have played not all that great. And I mean, if you're Miami, your linebackers got to play the best game of their whole entire college career because you're facing Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne does it all for this Clemson offense. He's catching passes out of the backfield. He's also running the football as well. So, I mean, you really have to have an incredible game and you want to hope to stop Travis Etienne. And I mean, Miami's linebackers have not played all that well. Now, another matchup that I want to see, I want to see... Al Blades versus Amari Rodgers. I want to see what Al Blades does against Amari Rodgers, one of the best wide receivers in college football. Now, Al Blades has played really well, in my opinion. I don't know about any other Miami Hurricane fans. I don't know if any other Hurricane fans feel the same way I feel about um, Al Blades, but I think Al Blades has played really well. And I want to see what he's going to do against Amari Rodgers because if Miami wants to win this game, you got to take away Amari Rodgers. Okay, Amari Rodgers is the best wide receiver on Clemson's roster. So if you take away Amari Rodgers, you're going to force some of these other guys at the wide receiver position for Clemson to step up. You're going to force Trevor Lawrence to find some other guys to throw the football to. So I want to see what Al Blades does against Amari Rodgers. I think that's a very important one-on-one matchup that a lot of people, if you're a Clemson fan or you're a Miami Hurricane fan, that you need to be having your eyes on. Now, the Miami Hurricanes, since they are the underdog, if they want to pull out the upset, we already know the big key to pulling off the upset is not turning the football over. I don't think Derrick King has thrown the interception all this year. I don't think he has had any turnovers so far this season. So if you're Miami, you have to be able to take that up. You have to be able to keep that up because the only way you're going to win this game is if you take care of the football. You can't, you know, pull off an upset if you are turning the football over multiple times. So Miami needs to keep on the performance that they've been doing when it comes to taking care of the football. They've been taking care of the football so far very well at this part of the season. So they need to be able to keep that up if they want to be able to win this game. And also, I want to see some of these other wide receivers for Miami step up because Brevin Jordan is leading the Miami Hurricanes and touchdowns, receiving yards, and receptions. I want to see some of these other wide receivers like Mark Pope or Harley break out in this game because Brevin Jordan has pretty much been the most reliable target in the passing game for Miami. Now, I don't know if that's supposed to be like that. I don't know if that's just the system that Rhett Lashley is running or things like that. If Brevin Jordan is supposed to be the primary target. But I would like to see some more guys step up at the wide receiver position for Miami. So my final score prediction in this game, I think that, huh, this is tough, man. I'm going to have to say that Clemson wins this game 31 to 28. Okay, I think Clemson still gets this victory, but I still think Miami has a really good chance of pulling off the upset than what a lot of people expect them to. I think a lot of people are coming into this game with the expectation that Clemson is just going to steamroll Miami. This is just another overrated Miami team, and I don't think that's the case. Miami has a really good chance of pulling off this victory. I'm going to take Clemson to win 31-28, even though I am a Miami Hurricane fan because I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think Miami can, you know, pull off the upset. I am going to be rooting for Miami, but from a non-biased standpoint, I still think that Clemson may be able to get the victory in this game. 31-28 is my final score prediction in this game. I'm taking Clemson, but I'm rooting for the Miami Hurricanes to win. The second game that I want to talk about, I want to talk about Tennessee taking on Georgia. Now, this is one of my favorite matchups to watch in college football because 
I just have so many great memories from watching these two teams play. Um, I will never forget that Joshua Dobbs Hail Mary touchdown to Jawan Jennings to win the game for Tennessee a couple years back. It's just so many great memories from watching these two teams play. And I'm only 18, so a lot of these memories came back from when I was like 13, 14 years old. So, I mean, I really hope that this game is really competitive. Like, I just don't hope Georgia just blows out Tennessee like what a lot of people are expecting them to do. And I think that Tennessee has a pretty good football team this year. I believe they have like an eight-game win streak heading into this game. And they just beat down Missouri 35-12. to And I know a lot of Georgia fans are going to come on here and be like, oh, JT, they beat Missouri. Missouri is a nobody. And although Missouri isn't great, a lot of people felt Tennessee was going to struggle against Missouri. And I mean, they basically just blew them out the water. Now, I want to see how Tennessee handles Georgia up front. Not just offensively, but defensively as well. Because if you guys saw last week, which I'm pretty sure you guys did, you guys saw Georgia manhandle Auburn. And, I mean, Auburn had no answer for Georgia. I mean, it looks like Auburn just got completely bullied up front in the trenches at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. The defensive line got dominated and the offensive line got dominated by Georgia. So, I mean, I want to see how Tennessee handles Georgia up front. And Tennessee has a pretty good offensive line. I mean, they're pretty good running the football. They were really impressive last week running the football against Missouri. They had 232 rushing yards as a team. Their two best halfbacks were Eric Gray, who had 105 rushing yards. He led the team and Ty Chandler. So, I mean, I want to see... Can Tennessee's offense have success against Georgia's defense? And it looks like Tennessee is pretty much a run-first team, which is a little bit, I wouldn't say rare, but it's kind of refreshing to see a team that actually puts emphasis on running the football because a lot of teams in the SEC now are just going to like a spread offense, like a more pass-first or pass-heavy attack like Florida. You got LSU, Alabama in there. It's just like... We're now starting to see a lot of teams in the SEC transition to a more pass-heavy attack. So it's always refreshing to see a team like Tennessee that likes to run the football. And also Georgia as well. Although Georgia is supposed to be changing the offensive philosophy, I don't really know what's going on there. But as of right now, Georgia is also a team that has a lot of emphasis on running the football. So, I mean, I want to see which team is going to be able to dominate up front. Because I saw what Georgia did against Auburn. I want to see if Tennessee is going to be able to put up a better fight or a better performance up front than what Auburn is able to do. Because Auburn didn't stand a chance. I mean, the score was 24-3 after halftime. So can Tennessee's offense have success against Georgia's defense? That is the biggest question in this game. Because, look, I would be really surprised if Georgia just comes in this game and they just completely just hang 40 or 38 points on Tennessee. Because, listen, Stetson Bennett has played solid from what Georgia's coaching staff is expecting out of Stetson Bennett, okay? But I don't think he's going to come in here and just light up the world on fire by throwing, like, multiple touchdown passes and just, like, Georgia's offense is just going to completely, you know, steamroll Tennessee. You know, I think that Tennessee's defense should be able to, you know, kind of put up a little bit of resistance against this Georgia offense. I think that Tennessee should be able to hold Georgia to well under 30 points in this game. If Georgia goes over 30 points offensively in this game, I'd be really surprised. And that's not a knock on Georgia's offense. It's just, you know, the style of their offense. Like, this is an offense that still likes to run the football. And they, you know, they just like to run the football, beat you up front, beat you down. This is just a really physical team, you know. And when you look at Tennessee, this is a pretty physical team as well. So you got two physical football teams that like to run the football. And I just want to see who's going to win. 
Now, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett played really well. I want to see his Tennessee secondary, how they're going to match up against Georgia's passing game because Stetson Bennett was basically pooping on Auburn's secondary. And, I mean, I know when you look at the stat sheet, um, Stetson Bennett didn't really look all that impressive, but, I mean, he made some really big plays in the passing game when Georgia needed them against Auburn's secondary. So I want to see how Tennessee's secondary is going to match up against Georgia's passing game because Georgia has some – Pretty talented wide receivers like we saw Carries Jackson step up last week against Auburn. He had nine receptions for 147 receiving yards. You also got George Pickens. Can't forget about him. In my opinion, one of the best wide receivers in the SEC. Not saying he is the best receiver, but I think he is one of the best wide receivers in the SEC. So I want to see how Tennessee's secondary is going to match up against Georgia's um, passing attack. Because I didn't, I didn't think Auburn's um, secondary did all that well against Georgia's passing attack last week. So I want to see how Tennessee's secondary is going to do in this game. And also, can Tennessee stop the rushing attack of Georgia? I know I've been talking about can Tennessee have success offensively running the football on Georgia's talented defense, but can Tennessee's defense be able to stop the run game of Georgia? Because I would like to see a game that Stetson Bennett is completely able to carry Georgia's offense on his back. Georgia's running game just gets completely shut down and they have to rely on Stetson Bennett to win a game. I would like to see that happen. I really would like to see Stetson Bennett have to carry Georgia on his back and have to carry them to a victory. So, I mean, if Tennessee wants to win this game, their best chance to win this game is stopping the run game and, you know, relying on Stetson Bennett to carve them up through the air because if you're a Tennessee I'd rather have Georgia beat me through the air with Stetson Bennett rather than than just having Georgia just run the football down my throat all entire game long so if you're a Tennessee you will feel more confident and you know Georgia having to beat you throwing the football than running the football down your throat so I mean if you're a Tennessee you got to stop this run game because Georgia last week against Auburn was averaging four and a half yards per carry every time they ran the football. They also had 202 rushing yards as a team against Auburn. So if Tennessee wants to win this game, they have to stop the run game and force Stetson Bennett to win the game for Georgia. So I'm going to take Georgia to win this game. I think Georgia wins this game 28 to 20 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. Because, listen, I think Tennessee has a really good football team. Or let me take that back. I think Georgia wins this game 28-17 to is my final score prediction in this game. Because at the end of the day, like, even if Georgia's offense still doesn't have, like, a performance, like, when they just light the world on fire, this is a really tough defense. You're facing the best defense in college football. And I don't really know if Tennessee's offense is going to be good enough to put up more than 20 on Georgia's top-ranked defense. So, I mean, you're going to be asking a lot out of this Tennessee offense. And, look, I really like Tennessee a lot this year. And I know this offense does have a couple of good players. They do have a couple of good offensive linemen as well. But, I mean, I just don't really see Tennessee putting up a lot of points against Georgia's defense. And, I'm listen, I know Auburn's offense isn't all that great. I know Bo Nix isn't all that great. But, I mean, I still don't really think that Tennessee is going to put up all that better of a fight. Now, I do think this game should be fairly close heading into the fourth quarter, but I think that's when Georgia ends up breaking away in this game, end up pulling away and pull out the victory in this game. So give me Georgia. 28-17 is my final score prediction in this game. I think this game should be close. I don't think Georgia's going to come in here and they're just going to steamroll Tennessee like everybody thinks they are. Like, I think Tennessee does have a pretty good football team. And although Tennessee 
hasn't really played all that great competition. I do think that they have a okay chance at beating Georgia. I think they have a 30% chance of pulling off the upset against Georgia. And also, Tennessee wants to win. They're going to have to get some turnovers. Like, they're going to have to at least get two, three turnovers if they want to win this game. So, I'm taking Georgia to win this game at the end of the day. 28-17 is my final score prediction for this game. We have Oklahoma taking on Texas in the Red River Showdown. Now, this is a really big game for both these two teams, not just because it's a rivalry game, but both of these two teams are trying to get their seasons back on track. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State last week, 37-30, and Texas lost to TCU, 33-31. So, I mean, a win would be really big for both of these two teams in terms of getting their seasons heading back in the right direction. And, I mean, when you look at Texas, man, I mean, they had a dramatic loss to TCU. Like, how do you fumble the ball on the one-yard line, man? Like, Texas, man, like, Jesus, man. And then Oklahoma, like, you lost to Kansas State. Then you lose to Iowa State. I mean, it just hasn't really been a great year for neither one of these two programs, man. And, I mean, for Tom Herman, it's a lot of pressure on him to win this game, man, because a lot of Texas fans have the pitchforks out and the torches out for Tom Herman. A lot of Texas fans want Tom Herman gone because Tom Herman was supposed to be the guy to get Texas back into that national championship conversation. And, I mean, it seems like every year Texas comes close and they just can't really seem to get to that next level, man. So, I mean, Texas really needs to win this game. And for Oklahoma you're reeling right now, man. Like, Oklahoma is having a really disappointing season. And, I mean, Spencer Rattler, I mean, I've seen a lot of good, and I've also seen a pretty amount of bad out of Spencer Rattler. Like, Spencer Rattler is really talented, man. Like, he has a really strong arm. He's able to make some things happen with his leg. But, I mean, decision-making has really killed him this year, man. Like, He's had some games when his decision-making just hasn't really been quite there, man. Against Kansas State, he turned the football over. Iowa State, he had a big turnover, man. So, I mean, if he's able to just limit the turnovers, Oklahoma will be in a really good spot right now. And, I mean, this is what you can expect out of a young quarterback playing in his first season as a full-time starter. So, I mean, for Spencer Riley, man, like... He is getting better, in my opinion, week after week. But, I mean, he just seems to, you know, have a problem with decision-making and taking care of the football. Like, sometimes he looks a little bit indecisive. He doesn't know if he just wants to go ahead and run the football or if he just wants to, you know, just throw the football. It just looks like he just looks to be indecisive sometimes. So, I mean, that's what you can expect out of a first-year starter at quarterback. And a lot of Oklahoma student fans got to understand, like, when you have a young quarterback like Spencer Rattler, it's going to be some growing pains. Like, the last couple of seasons, you've been blessed with you getting good quarterbacks out of the transfer portal like a Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. But you're basically grooming your own quarterback and Spencer Rattler. So, I mean, for Oklahoma, man, this is a really tough season for you guys as a fan base, as a whole. So you would like to get this victory. If a Texas man, you desperately want to get this victory as well. Not for, you know, just your fake as a fan, you know, wanting to get a win in the win column. But for Tom Herman's job, man, because a lot of people want Tom Herman gone, man. So, I mean, and this game, I want to see which team's defense is going to step up and get the big turnover or get the big stop when it matters the most. Because we already know if you guys watch the Big 12 and been watching the Big 12 for a very long time, you would know that... They don't really play a lot of defense in the Big 12. The only thing you really see when it comes to defense in the Big 12 is big stops and big turnovers when it matters the most. So which team 
on the defense side of the football is going to be able to get that big stop, that big sack on third down that gets the ball back to the opposing team's offense. Uh, which team is going to be able to get the big turnover that sits the momentum back to their team? So, I mean, turnovers and stops are going to be the biggest, you know, um, deciding factors in determining who ends up winning this game. And, I mean, I want to see Oklahoma secondary against Texas wide receivers, man, because I don't think Oklahoma secondary is good, and I don't think Texas wide receivers are all that great neither. I mean, Texas had a lot of drops last week against TCU that played them. Um, Sam Ellinger, he didn't play all that well. He played fairly well, but he had a couple of drops that, you know, kind of slowed down Texas offense. And Texas doesn't really have a true number one wide receiver. Like, they don't have a guy like a Devin Duvernay, like a guy who you can really count on to go ahead. You can throw the football to him and he can give you a big play. They like Texas doesn't really have that out of their wide receiving course. Like they're still searching for that guy. And for Oklahoma secondary, Oklahoma secondary didn't play well against Iowa State. Like they didn't give up 40 or 50 points or anything like that, but they didn't really play all that well, man. Like they had a couple of big plays that were strictly on the secondary, man. Just for the secondary making, you know, boneheaded moves and just not really playing all that well, man. So you got Oklahoma secondary that's struggling against the struggling wide receiving core of Texas that, you know, has kind of been played with drops and everything else. So I want to see. Which is going to be able to get the upper hand? Is Oklahoma secondary going to be able to get the upper hand on Texas wide receivers? Or is the wide receiving core of Texas going to get the better of Oklahoma secondary? So, I mean, this is a game that it is a lot at stake, man. And, I mean, the Big 12 has been a giant disappointment in general. Like, the Big 12, I was talking to my friend a couple of days ago. I say that the Big 12 most likely wasn't even going to get a team in the college football applause this year. He was like, man, don't sleep on Texas, man. Texas... Could, you know, go undefeated and win the Big 12 again to the college football playoffs. And I told him, man, Texas ain't going to go undefeated, man. Watch them lose. Lord and behold, they end up losing to TCU, man. So, I mean, the Big 12's only hope of getting a team into the college football playoffs is Oklahoma State. And even then, I don't really trust them to get the job done either, man. So, I mean, if you're a Texas man, you really need to win this game. For Tom Herman's sake, he needs to get this victory, and for Oklahoma, man, like, they just need to get this win so they can get their season trending in the right direction because they lose this game, man. This would be their third loss on the season. And I can't remember the last time I remember Oklahoma having three losses in one year. Like, I think I have to go back a couple of years before I remember that, man. So, I mean, it's just really weird, man, because Oklahoma is really weird seeing them on rank because they've been on rank. They've been ranked for, like, the last couple of years, man. So, it's really weird seeing them going into this game um, on rank. And, I mean, I think Oklahoma is favored to win this game by, like, two points or a point, I believe. So, I believe that the team that is going to win this game is going to be the team that wins the tournament battle. And the team that is able to actually, you know, have some success on offense, not turn the football over themselves. So, turnovers is going to be a big deciding factor in who wins this game. So, I got to take Texas to win this game. Um, I know Texas turned the football over against TCU, and Texas defense has been all that impressive. But, I mean, in big moments with the game on the line, Spencer Rattler makes a lot of bad decisions. And, I mean, I know he's a young quarterback. This is his first year being a full-time starter in college football. I know he has a lot of talent. He showed a lot of potential and all of the upside that he has. But in late-game situations, if Oklahoma has the ball in their hands and they need to drive down the field to win this game— I wouldn't trust Spencer Rattler to get the job done, man, because it's like he just turns the football over too much with the game on the line. It just turns the football over too much in general. And 
I really don't really trust his decision making in this game. So I want to take Texas to get the victory. I think Texas wins this game 45 to 38 is my final score prediction in this game. I'm taking Texas to get the victory. The last game that we have to talk about is Florida going on the road to face Texas A&M. Now, last week, Texas A&M got smacked by Alabama 52-24, and Florida defeated South Carolina 38-24. Now, for Texas A&M, I mean, they really couldn't get anything to go right against Alabama. Like, their defense was terrible. Like, their secondary didn't play great. They couldn't get no pressure on Mac Jones. I mean, Alabama just did whatever they wanted to against Texas A&M. Like, it was big play after big play after big play after big play after big play. Like, it was just an explosion on offense for Alabama. And if you're a Texas A&M fan, like, don't expect your defense to improve against Florida because Florida's offense is just as good, if not better, than Alabama's offense. So, I mean, if you couldn't get any stops on defense against Alabama, don't expect any defense um, against Florida because Florida's offense, in my opinion, is the best offense in college football. I mean, you got an uh, incredible group of wide receivers. You got this monster of a man named Kyle Pitts. Like, this dude, Kyle Pitts, is the real deal, man. Like, I've never seen a tight end that can not only dominate at a tight end position, but he can also play wide receiver as well. Like, this dude is the best tight end I've ever seen in all my years watching football. So, how is Texas A&M going to try to stop him? I don't know, but they're probably not going to be able to do it. They're probably not going to be able to slow down this Florida passing attack with Kyle Trask. In my opinion, I think Kyle Trask is probably the front runner to win the Heisman Trophy right now. I don't care how early it may be in the season. Kyle Trask is probably going to be my pick to win the Heisman Trophy this season. So, I mean, the only thing that Texas a and really has going for them in this game is the fact that they're going to be able to put up some points on Florida's defense. Now, Florida's defense has been the talk of college football. Everybody is so reluctant to name Florida the best team in college football because of how poor their defense has played over the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, they have a couple of guys who have been out. So, I think Florida's defense is probably going to improve once they get back fully healthy. Same thing with LSU. Like, everybody was so reluctant to, you know, accept the fact that LSU is the best team in college football because of how great the offense offense was but their defense wasn't all that great so I just think people are just finding things to nitpick with at Florida Florida isn't at 100% and although they probably could play a lot better against South Carolina like it was some missed tackles uh, at the end of the day like they got the win that that's all that really matters and when you look at Texas A&M like all I just hear from the SEC fanboys out there about Texas A&M is that Texas A&M has talent they have talent they have talent well if they have so much talent where was it against Alabama like if you like if you have so much talent, why did you get destroyed by Alabama? Like I didn't really see that. So I mean, like I I keep on hearing Texas A&M has all this talent. They have such a good team, but I've yet to see that. I didn't see it against Vanderbilt, and I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't see it last week against um Alabama. So I mean, is this the game that I finally see a Texas A&M team that these SEC fanboys have been hyping up all this off season? Hopefully, because this is a good chance to do it. Now, Kellen Mond, um, he should have a pretty good game against Florida because last week I didn't feel like he played bad against Alabama. I actually felt like he played a pretty good game, just that everything around it was just falling apart. The wide receivers weren't really getting open. The run game wasn't really all working that well neither. So, I mean, I feel like Kellen Mond played fairly well, and I think he should have a pretty good game against Florida, a defense that still is trying to get guys back fully healthy, still trying to get guys back 
and a defense that has struggled the last couple weeks. Like, you struggled against South Carolina, and you struggled against Ole Miss. Now, I know a lot of Florida fans, I say it's Ole Miss, but okay. I know it's Ole Miss, but golly, man, like, Ole Miss was able to do whatever they wanted to do on offense. So, I mean, Florida's defense has to play better in this game. Now, Florida um, is favored to win this game. But I am saying don't sleep on Texas A&M because I think Texas A&M has a better shot at beating Florida than they did of beating Alabama. Because, listen, Alabama was just a complete team. Like, Alabama's defense from their offense is just, you know, working on all cylinders. But Florida's offense is clicking, but their defense still is a work in progress. So, Texas A&M... They potentially could match every touchdown that Florida puts on their defense. So this could be a really high-scoring game. This could be a back-and-forth matchup. So I really do think that Texas has a really good chance of pulling off the upset in this game. And, you know, this is coming from somebody who has exposed the SEC media for hyping up Texas A&M. But in all honesty... Alabama's a juggernaut. I think that Alabama, as of right now, is the best team in college football. And without a doubt, they are the best team in the SEC. Now, I know a lot of you Florida fans are probably going to get upset from me hearing that. But until Florida can show that they can actually play some legitimate defense and get some stops, I still think that Alabama's the better team because they're more complete. So, I mean, Florida's defense is going to have to show up in this game, man, because this isn't a Texas A&M team that you can sleep on. Like, I know they got destroyed by Alabama, but the way that Florida's defense has played, like, I think this is a game that A&M could potentially win. So for Texas A&M to pull off the victory, first you got to be able to get pressure on Kyle Trask. That's going to be the big thing. Now, Kyle Trask, um, he doesn't have a lot of mobility. Like, he has a little bit of mobility, but it's not really all that much. So, I mean, you have to be able to get pressure on Kyle Trask. You need to get in his face. You need to ruin the time that he has with these wide receivers and make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And that's something that... Texas A&M was severely lacking last week and their loss against Alabama. Like, I swear to you, Mac Jones was, was thrown from a clean pocket um, from basically the entire game last week against Texas A&M. Like, he didn't really have a lot of pressure in his face. It was basically a whole entirely clean pocket. So, when you look at the way that Texas A&M secondary struggled, um, their defensive line is going to have to help them out in this game, especially when you have guys like Kadarius Tony. Like Kadarius Tony is one of my favorite players to watch, and this is coming from a Miami Hurricane fan. Like I hate the Florida Gators with a passion, but Kadarius Tony is an absolute monster when he gets the ball in his hands, and he has improved his route running as well. So this dude is a monster. So I mean, you got to get pressure on Kyle Trask. You got to kind of try to find a way to take away this monster man, Kyle Pitts. Like Kyle Pitts. Um, this dude is a touchdown machine. This dude just has a nose for the end zone. You have to take him away too. He is the best player that Florida has on their offense. So you need to take him away. So, I mean, for Texas A&M as well, you're probably going to have to get some turnovers as well, because, you know, like I always like to say, you can't get an upset unless you get some turnovers. So I'm taking Florida to win this game. I think Florida wins this game, uh, 38 to 27 is my final score prediction in this game, I think that AM can't hang out. I think Alabama I think Alabama smacked around Texas AM because Alabama was just a complete team. Like their offense was good and their defense was really good as well. But Florida's defense is really questionable right now. They're still trying to figure things out. So I think that Texas AM, like I said earlier, is going to be able to put some points on Florida. They are going to be able to keep the game somewhat close, but I do think that Florida should end up pulling away by midway throughout the full quarter. So I'll take for the win this game. 38 to 27 is my final score prediction in this game. Give me Florida.